This is Loudspeaker. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, I spend time with Mateen Kaligi, an incoming freshman student at Harvard University and executive director of the youth-led nonprofit Equal, a 501c3 organization and movement dedicated to level the playing field for students experiencing poverty and homelessness across the United States. Mateen's journey in social entrepreneurship started in middle school, where he started a nonprofit project after feeling a calling to try and make a difference for people experiencing homelessness. All right, so I have Mateen here with me. I'm so excited that you reached out and we got connected here. So excited to learn a little bit more about what you do with Equal. So tell me a little bit more about you and um, especially getting so involved early on in just being part of nonprofits. So let's start there. Tell me all about you. Yeah, that is so sweet. Well, I'm so glad we got connected and um, love listening to your show. And this is so great. I love talking about this stuff and definitely an inspiration for me. So um, I guess we'll just start with the story. I mean, way back um, when I was in eighth grade, I took a community service class. It was centered around just doing something positive for your community. And a friend of mine also took that class. And then from there, we both were really inspired to do something more. Like we had really successful mini community service projects. We were like, you know, we're eighth graders. We have time. Like, why not do more? Like, we can do more. Um, Instead of just watching TV and being on social media, like we could do something. Um, So we decided to start a little... um, hygiene distribution system for the homeless here in Colorado. Uh, We didn't really have everything from the logo branding legal standpoint. It was really just a project. Um, And then we we tried to raise more money for it and we found out, okay, it's a little easier to raise money when you have a nonprofit certification and whatnot. So we're like, okay, what's a nonprofit? What's the IRS? What's, What's all these weird forms we have to fill out? Um, and then just imagine two eighth graders sitting in the lunchroom, like piecing together whatever the paperwork was, like just sitting there, like Googling term by term. And that was us. And um, four years later, we grew and uh, we recruited over 25 student leaders with us. We raised over $100,000 for our mission, which was with the organization helping the homeless Colorado. And um, we sent five homeless students to college. I mean, we launched social awareness campaigns. It was all like a little bit unorganized as we were like trying to do everything, but we were just going for it, going for it, going for it. And then around the fall of my senior year of high school, we were like, you know, let's try and focus in on a singular mission and uh, like really, really pull them more 
nonprofit stuff, like a little bit more formal with what we're doing. Like let's have the strategic plan. Let's have the stronger branding. Let's pay attention to some of these variables more and like, let's give it another go. And here we are today with equal. And I know we're going to talk more about that, but that was the quick rundown. Um, so yeah, that's wow. a little bit about me. <laughs> I'm still blown away because I mean, I have a 10th grader and I have a sixth, seventh grader, seventh <laughs> grader. And I'm like, I mean, my seven, I mean, they both were, were involved in philanthropy and doing things in the community, but to actually start something. So like, let's give props to your guys' parents, first of all, because <laughs> I feel, oh my gosh, they didn't look at you and say, and thwart your, you know, efforts and say, we're, uh, okay, whatever, you know, but they like, so they must've supported you or you must've had either supportive families or friends around you to keep you going. Cause eighth grade, I don't even know if many eighth graders are thinking about that. That's where I'm just like so you know like i'm praising your your ability to do this because i mean li- i'm mean, seriously eighth grade you don't really think about that kind of stuff it, it, to that you're going to make that big of an impact you know um yeah. and maybe you weren't thinking like that either but you were thinking enough to <laughs> keep it going so i mean props to your family so who are the people that kind of supported you while you grew this from eighth to twelfth grade right so um Teachers, <laughs> that's the first like big props to teachers because um, it's that class. Like if I didn't take that community service class, I probably wouldn't have thought about doing more community service. I probably would have never thought about um, starting an organization. I probably would have never met my co-founder. Like there's just so many variables in that class. And that's why I'm always a huge advocate for community service of some sort in schools is so important. And the fact that it was a class, like it's more, it's less than a side project and made it part of our schedule. Like we have to give it our time. And, um, you know, our advisor in that class or my teacher, but she ended up becoming, helping all this crowd as advisor. She was just like, yeah, you guys can start it. Like, why not? We were just like, well, we're not 18. So we don't have like, we can't put our social security on the tax form. She's like, yeah, put mine. I was just like, okay. So she was just so supportive, supportive. And I still text her to this day. And she's always so excited to see what we do. And, you know, I, I'm happy for her also that just, we, we got to make her proud. Like she, she took a chance on us and um, we're doing some pretty big things. And, you know, at the beginning, it was hard to get support. I mean, we were the two eighth graders that would stand outside the grocery store and everyone would like, we would be asking for donations and then everyone would walk in the opposite door, right? Cause they don't want to see us or they don't want to talk to us. Right. Um, so that was us. And you know, some people were just like, you know, like you're running our first year, we were like on a, like a $3,000 budget. And we didn't even know what budgets were. Right. We were just, we were just doing something. He was like, are you sure this is like a good thing to do? Maybe you guys should just, you know, join a bigger organization or whatever. She's like, no, you guys are missing the point. This is all about young people making the difference. Like, we're the ones leading the change. And those same people who used to call our organization, you know, kind of cute, it's a nice effort, are now like some of our biggest donors. They come to our gala. Like there was some credibility, and the credibility took a while to build, but we just kept pushing and pushing. And um, I mean, with Equal, I think that's not even a question for people anymore. Most of the time, like now the questions are like, you know, they treat us like the real organization. Tell us about your strategic plans. Tell us about how you're going to scale. I mean, those are the questions we get now. Before it used to be like, 
So, I mean, do you guys have a nonprofit certificate? Like, it's like, do you guys have a website? So, you know, the questions have changed, the attitude towards our organization has changed. And, you know, it was quite the journey and we're still, I'm still on the journey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it, it took some time to build that credibility, but especially our teachers who are our biggest supporters and especially Miss um, Bainbridge, if you're listening, <laughs> she was our eighth grade teacher that uh, really helped us get it started. And uh, we thank her to this day. Wow, that's awesome. So why students in poverty and homelessness? I, mean, I know that might have started in your um, community service class that you did, but why did you feel that population was important to do this with? Right, right, right. So, you know, throughout the years in helping the homeless Colorado, we were constantly just interacting with different groups of homelessness. We didn't really understand that there was more than one. We just always thought that there were people out on the street, they're holding up a sign. That's, that's what homelessness is. And then throughout the years, we would come across youth homeless shelters. We would meet young people out on the streets and be like, oh my gosh, you're like my age, like what's happening? And we started to just do a little bit more reading and investigating. We found like over 22,000 students right now in Colorado in our K through 12 public school system, they're experiencing homelessness. But nobody knows that. Nobody talks about that. Um, student poverty, like in the education system, especially because we're talking about a highly social environment, like no one wants to be the kid to admit that they have less. No one wants to come forward and say they need help. It's embarrassing, right? Like we get embarrassed to present. Like I couldn't even imagine like telling people that you're, you're struggling, that you don't have a place to stay. So people don't know and teens don't talk about it. And I think we were in a really lucky position to find out about it because we were interacting with this population. But it's like, this was fundamentally wrong that like in my calculus class of 30 in senior year of high school, there could have been three or four kids who are going to be going to the shelter after school or going to be sleeping in their car who are going to stay at a friend's house because they don't have a place of their own. And it's like, no, we got to like, you know, there's so many organizations out there working with people out on the streets, our chronically homeless population. And we get it. Like that's a valuable mission. And of course, uh, helping people is always good, but these students need need their own spot too. And who's better to do it than young people themselves? Like advocate for our own peers. So um, that's kind of where the inspiration came from. It's like just really recognizing the need that there's not a lot of organizations working with students in poverty and homelessness. So um, let's spearhead that movement and like let's let's put some resources there. Yeah. And you said in your, um, I watched your about video, which is amazing and oh, cute and you. um it's so much fun i shouldn't say cute but so much fun um, oh, getting your <laughs> lot of, you know a lot of people involved and i mean it's so impactful too and you did something fun too so people who are listening to this or watching this you have to go watch their about video about equal um i'm putting it in the show notes so go yeah. and link to that youtube it, it's such a well done video um you. you did have uh some great statistics you know 12.9 million students in our national school system you said are living in poverty and 1.3 million of those students are experiencing homelessness you know when you got together this group of uh, people that are helping you out with this organization where did they come from how did you get this group of social entrepreneurs to come together yes so um, you know first that about us video it took so much time it was like such a fun building it um, it was a little aggravating because we just had to rebuild it so many times and all that and it's, but it's a fun video definitely check it out it really does uh, sum up what equal does pretty quickly and uh, in a fun manner so um, yes please check that out but when it comes to those students I mean when my co-founder and I were 
in middle school, it used to just be the two of us. And, you know, around the sophomore year of high school, we were just like, you know, like, we could use some help. Like, yeah, we're making the sandwiches on Saturdays, but, like, why not get more teams involved? So I started asking my friends. I was like, hey, do you want to come do this? Um, and then the organization started growing rapidly. Like, kids from all over our school would be like, I want to join. I want to join. I want to join. Um, and we just started getting, we started to open up applications. We recruited a team and, you know, it started to become like a really consistent group of volunteers, but they were all like young people. Um, and then, you know, I had the opportunity to get connected through a couple of fellowships uh, with just teen social entrepreneurs and realizing that youth-led nonprofits are not as uncommon as we think. There's actually a couple really, really successful, impactful missions around the nation, and they're all powered by young people myself. So I was just like, there is a whole need for this across the nation. Like, students want to do this kind of work. Um, and that's when we started to blow up on social media and started to recognize that and reach out to those groups. And, like, even right now with Equal, like, last month we opened up um, positions. And, you know, we do act like a little more of, like, a formal organization. So we have, like, our social media managers, our content creators, our finance directors. And, you know, we put in the job description. We're looking for ages 14 to 20. <laughs> like we're not looking for um, older individuals and we get applications from all over. I mean, we had, we just pulled on a student from Toronto. We have a kid uh, in Chicago who just joined. I mean, still some kids in Colorado, but I think people are forgetting how like powerful Gen Z even is and how much they actually do want to be involved. I mean, like taking a step back, like let's look at all the social movements in the nation right now. Like who's spearheading that? That's the young people. I mean, March for Our Lives, Black Lives Matter, those are all young people leading those movements. So there's a lot of power there and um, we're hoping to continue to tap into that and encourage that. Yeah. And that is so exciting too. Like I'm on the other side, right? Going, yes, like I'm cheering you guys all on. It's so exciting to see, you know, and I mean, you just graduated. You talked to me a little bit earlier about this being your gap year. And, you know, I was thinking like, what are you guys going to do? What are the plans? Because everybody's kind of dissipating or maybe going different ways, you know, because most of what you did was while you were in high school, probably with some of your friends. So it's mm -hmm. great to hear that you're getting more interest from around the world. Hopefully, you know, listeners that are, that are um, listening to this show, as well as your show, you have a podcast as well, yes. um, can, can help help you out, you know, and get connected to you. I mean, this is what it's all about. It's just getting people to get connected, to be able to give of themselves, whether it's financially, their time, you know, service, uh, anything that they can do. So I'm, I'm really excited that you started to get some interest from other areas so that you can keep yes. it going, even though you still have to go to college too, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It is so, yeah. so crazy. Wow. Okay. So talk to me a little bit more about what Equal does. Let's, let's go there. Yes. So Equal, like you were saying before, our mission is to support, to support students in poverty and homelessness. That's our target group. And essentially, we want to uh, do this through education. So if we look at how we break the generational poverty cycle, the strongest evidence we have from researchers and people way smarter than you are, right, have put together that education is known to break the poverty cycle. So why don't we invest more and more into that? So essentially all of our programming is centered around getting students in, um, who are struggling with student poverty and homelessness on the path to some sort of higher education. So I'll tell you a little bit more about our programs. We work in two parts. We call it perform and inform. 
perform is how we directly support students. So we have a scholarship awards program that finances scholarships for high school seniors and young adults who are experiencing poverty to go to college. Um, and we partner with institutions. Most of the time, these are trade schools, vocational schools, community colleges, um, even educational certificates are becoming a bigger thing now. So uh, that's kind of how that avenue works. Um, we have an experience fund and a um, chapter network that are going through pilots uh, this year. So essentially, you as Montley can probably relate when your student comes home and says like, oh, I need this fee covered. I like, we have this textbook we need to buy. We have this school supply we need to get. We have a new graphing calculator. Like they just bring home a list of things. Mom and dad are supposed to just fork up the money. And you know, most of us can, most of us have had the privilege to do that, but these students can't make that same ass to their parents. Um, they don't have access to technology as easily as the rest of us do. They don't have access to go on field trips or to pay for books in English class, right? Right? They just can't make those asks. So they don't and they miss out on those experiences. And that's the same thing of like we were talking before about how they don't want to go and share to everyone. I'm struggling. I need help. Like try and figure out who can help them. Like they just end up missing out on those experiences. So the experience fund, it's a microgrant program, which a lot of new research has come out around microgrant programs and how they can be really effective. But essentially we say, you know what, if a student, for example, named Jim, he's a whatever high school in Colorado, he says, you know, I need a computer. I say, okay, Jim, we'll get you the computer. But in exchange, you're going to be paired up with a mentor from our team. You're going to be paired up uh, with a little mini educational course. And we're going to start talking about higher education with you. We're going to start getting you connected to resources in your school. You need to reach out to your counselor and get on free and reduced lunch. You need to talk to your counselor about how you're going to fill out your FAFSA, how you're going to apply to college. These are things that they don't have the support system to do. And most importantly, they need a friend in their corner. And that's why we're really... Uh, uh, basing this off of mentorship that, you know, another student, a college student who's gone through the whole college admissions process, knows how much of a train wreck it is, can help them navigate because these guys, these teens are not only um, in a really challenging space, but they don't have that support system. Their parents might not even speak English. They like, there's so many different variables. And then when it comes to the fact that they have to fill out FAFSA and this huge application to get um, federal student aid, like I struggle filling that out as a student and I'm in a very good position, right? Like I can, I have parents to lean on. I have resources I can tap into. So it's just a whole nother world for them. So that program is really structured at helping them get the resource they need in high school, but also get them involved with their community and like, you guys got to stay in this process. Like it's a hard mm -hmm. time, but we need to get you to somewhere, whether that's community college, whether that's you're going to go to trade school, whether you're going to become a mechanic, whatever you want to be, we got to get you on that path. Um, because what ends up happening is these students go, either they don't finish high school or they finish high school and then they go to work and they go work a job because they think there's value in getting money then. But what they don't end up realizing is in five years, they come back saying, now I have a family and I have bills to pay and my nine to five job does not cover that enough. And I can't get a job because I'm not, I don't have enough skills. I don't have a degree or whatever. So I don't, I'm not uh, employable. So then they come back and we get some of those students in our scholarship. So that's essentially what we do um, with directly supporting students. And then the last part is getting teens involved. And that ties into the informed part of the nonprofit I was talking about. It's just everyone should know about this issue. 
So we're going to help make it aware and we're going to use social media. We're going to use young people. So essentially students start a mini chapter at their school, like an equal club and they get together with their friends. They make posters that they hang up in school that they, uh, we do a social awareness campaigns. They all push it out. Um, they instigate those conversations with their school counselors, with their school administrators, with their faculty and say, Hey, I'm a part of equal. Did you know that they also have this scholarship and this micro grant that if you have any students at this school, who are struggling like make sure this gets in their hand right um like as we know the education system is very slow so it's hard to get things moving quickly in there but if it comes from a student and a student leader it's gonna be a lot faster pace um, to distribute our program as well so these young people are, are hopefully uh, the way we built the chapter model is uh, more and more schools across the nation um, and we want this to be something that grows outside of colorado right that it's not just colorado students that it's teens from all over getting together saying you know what it's wrong that there's pe people just like me who are struggling to go to college that they're struggling to be successful in school just because of of a something of financial reasons that just shouldn't be an excuse anymore so they're getting together and they're um helping to make that difference so youth involvement is the core of equal uh, at its core it really is <laughs> yeah and i, know and that I love really that too <laughs> yeah no i love it because um i love the mentoring piece because it's not just a handout but mm -hmm. you really are giving them the tools the resources and skin in the game right mm -hmm. to make sure that you know they're learning alongside and hopefully you know you never know at one point maybe maybe they might even turn around and give back as well That's right cool. so i love that you did the other side of it too that it's not just raising the funds to give this out but it's raising the funds giving it out giving the tools and resources as well as possibly funds and scholarships but then also giving them the empowerment of learning about their situation and making their situation better right mm -hmm. um so you know I think you, I had another question, but I think you had answered it, but I just want to clear yeah. it up. Um, how do you find these kids? Because like you said, um, mm -hmm. nobody wants to talk about it, right? Nobody wants to admit yeah. it. So they're not necessarily going to come out. But I did hear you say uh, that maybe it's you going to the counselors and the counselors, you, you know, informing the counselors at the schools what's going on. And then they sort of pick and choose. Is that how it works in how you get um, students that you're able to help or how does that work? Right. So fundamentally, these students are not interested in trusting another organization called Equal with all this information about them. They, it's hard to build that relationship. So essentially, we use the schools um, to help us build that relationship. So if there's an Equal club at a school, uh, the students in that club go reach out to the counselors, they inform about it. These counselors are getting approached with these issues all the time. Students come to their office saying, I can't get a computer. I like, I don't know. Why are you doing bad in this class? Well, I can't get this. Why? You know, there's those awkward conversations that they have to have, but this is their solution. The counselor says, perfect. You can apply for the equal experience fund. So that's the thing is it just comes in, takes care of it. Um, because what ends up happening is the counselors get these questions, but they don't know how to help these students because there's not a lot of resources out there. It's like, okay, I don't know who's going to cover your AP testing costs. Like usually actually from our research, we found teachers are the ones usually forking up the money to help them get out, which is so unfortunate but um 
I mean, essentially we're the middle player there. Um, when it comes to our scholarship, we're partnered with the Community College Foundation here in Colorado, and we hope to do that with more community college foundations across the U.S. Um, but essentially, our scholarship runs right through the, found, uh, the Community College Foundation. So um, these students are already looking on a path of trade, vocational school, or community college, so we're just going to meet them there. Um, students are more than welcome to apply through our website, but we never get applications there. All of them come from the community college because they're already either attending that university or they want to go to that school. So um, they go to their scholarships page and then they see us and they say, oh, I'm eligible. Once they put in, you know, the foundation has them mark what they're eligible for and they turn to them scholarships that you should apply for. And then we get over a hundred applications every single year of students from all across the state who are, oh my gosh, the essays are horrifying. Like horrifying isn't like I'm going to bed and I'm like, oh my gosh, like which students do we choose? Like they're all so deserving. And um, like we have kids who are working from Starbucks and they're getting their homework. They're staying late in the lobby of King Supers trying to get um, their homework done and then they go sleep in their car or whatever. It's just the lives they're living is so different. And I'm so glad I don't have to read applications this year because I just had the worst time last time because I was just like, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to have nightmares if I have to keep reading about these stories and trying to narrow it down uh, to whoever is the most deserving. I mean, they're all deserving and I wish we could support everyone, but essentially that's how we find our students. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're like going to make me tear up. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, do you, what are some statistics that you're proud of with your organization so far? I mean, I know that you've got some on your website as well, but um, brag about it for a little bit. Yes. So Equals just started. We're about four months in. Um, we spent about nine months. We kind of went off the grid. It was, it was very much like a Taylor Swift moment for us. <laughs> so we just went completely off the grid. We said, you know what? We're, we're on this. Everyone on our team was on board. We said, you know what? Let's just keep it under wraps for now. Let's figure it all out um, behind closed doors and then we'll come out with the whole thing. I mean, because the way the idea started back in with October last year this time to where it ended up in June would have been completely different. So we were just like, we got we to gotta do some fleshing out on our own. And once we have the solid plan, we'll present it, market it, all that good stuff. So, um, but equal, since our inception about four months ago, we have raised over $18,000, which is really, really exciting. Um, we are continuing our partnership with the Community College Foundation. We have three scholars and two of them, we have really strong success stories. Um, one is a vet tech. She's working full time now. She's a first gen student. She was the first in her family to go to college. Um, and uh, we're so proud of her. Another, uh, she only needed our help for one year. She went to, uh, I think, Community College of Denver, one year in the program. And then she ended up transferring on a full scholarship to the University of Denver. So she didn't even need our help anymore. And it, it, that's what we're finding a lot with this population is just some really, really hard times, but just a little bit of boost and they're on their way because they're really dedicated kids. I mean, they want to, they don't want to be in this position anymore. Um, so they just wanted to get out of it. And she definitely did. So we're so, so proud of her. Um, and right now we have one student still in the program and she's on her second year and we're continuing supporting her. So we're really excited about her progress. Um, we just expanded our team. We built two advisory boards. So we have some adult uh, voice in the organization, even though all the programming is still happening by the teens, we have some amazing adult um, people who are extending their help to us. But I think we're hitting close to 60 individuals in our whole team. So we're really, really excited about 
60% of, 70% of that are teens, but um, we don't really have that many adults, but that's where you fill out organizations. So that's the way we work. Um, social media, I mean, that launch video um, across all platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I think we got over 20,000 views. It was so crazy. Wow. Um, when we launched and we had over 400 content shares, um, since our inception. So lots of really positive, uh, feedback so far. Um, people are excited about the mission. I think some people were a little confused with helping homeless Colorado where it was going essentially, because we had everything from scholarships. So we had like with their passing and hygiene materials and they're going to presenting at schools. It's like, it's all great, but what's their focus? So now we're really, really focused in and, um, I think it's a really special uh, organization and like social media is our game. So a lot of our um, top stats are coming from social media just because, you know, that's where we're at. We're Gen Z, like we know how to use it and uh, we use it to our benefit. So we love social media and we were actually just last month in um, Denver's largest pitch competition, uh, Denver Startup Week. And we placed in the top six for Denver startups out of 150 or, or companies, both for-profit and non-profit. So um, wow. we're really, really excited about that and met some amazing entrepreneurs there, but it, it's been quite the journey and we're just, oh my gosh, we're getting started. These next couple of months are going to be a lot. A lot is happening. My schedule is filling up and I, I'm more than happy. It's just, we're, we're so excited. We're so excited. I'm so excited for you. And that's so good to hear. I love that you started here in Colorado because I've been to startup weeks here in Fort Collins multiple times. I know Denver has a huge startup week. I know Boulder has one. I mean, I just think Colorado entrepreneur, entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs, I mean, there's such a great ecosystem here of support mm -hmm. and encouragement. And I'm just like so happy that um, you got, oh my gosh, you got so far in that Denver startup week. That's amazing. That's so incredible. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for people who are listening and want to just get a little bit more involved, maybe even support your organization or support you, you know, what's the best way that they, that, and what do you need help with? Yes. So right now I'm working with my development director. We're building our monthly gifts program so we can give a little bit of a sneak peek and we call the A plus club. Um, and basically our whole goal is not about the amount people are giving, but it's about the number of people giving. So we want to incorporate Gen Z into this. We want to incorporate um, all generations. So if you want to give us little as $3 a month, if you want to give all the way up to $200 a month, we welcome all of that. And um, we try and make it a little bit more fun. So there's going to be fun giveaways every month. You get a special newsletter. We're trying to schedule some influencer webinars, which would be really cool. So you can tune in. So it's more than just giving to students in need. It's really just about building a community around our mission so we're really excited about that and that should be launched before the holiday season comes out so um, make sure you guys connect with us on social media at equal nonprofit um, and you can check that out and then you know if there's any young individuals listening I mean we are looking for team members we are looking we're opening up three more positions in the next couple of weeks here we have even a TikTok strategist on our team that's someone we're looking for I mean like I don't know how often you can uh, find a TikTok specific job but um, I mean that's that's a whole another amazing uh, tool with social media but um, 
essentially, if you're young and you want to be involved, like let us know, reach out to us. Um, we always, always are looking for more passionate young leaders who want to make a difference. And, um, you know, if you really, if someone's listening really feels like they could be of help to our organization, we always, always welcome you to reach out. And I'm always on Zoom calls with new people every day. So I love, love connecting with anyone. But um, yes, yeah, so there are a couple of ways that you can get involved. Awesome. And I know that you also mentioned equal clubs at school. So are there clubs at school? Like if, some, if somebody's listening and they're like, I want to start an equal club, um, what is that all about? Let's talk about that real quick. Yes. So our equal clubs are currently in development, um, you know, with coronavirus and schools, like most schools aren't even having school clubs right now. So it's mm -hmm. just been a whole challenge there. We were hoping to get it launched earlier, but um, this January, we're looking to pilot uh, the equal clubs and the equal experience fund. So we're looking to pilot at 10 to 15 different schools across the state um, right here in Colorado, though we are totally open to going to different states if someone's really, really interested. I mean, it's about the students we're supporting. It doesn't matter where they are essentially because um, these programs can go anywhere. So if someone's really interested and wants to start a club at their school, like please reach out. Um, I know when we get closer to January, we'll be making formal announcements. Like if you're really interested in joining our pilot and then next fall, we're going to be doing a huge, huge push. I'm already having some creative marketing ideas, but <laughs> that we're going to be pushing for chapters across the nation, clubs across the nation. I mean, we want it to grow, grow, grow. And the more teams that we can get involved, the better. And these clubs and these even chapters, will you have people that have, like you would have speakers or resources, things like that? Um, what kinds of things are you imagining for these clubs and chapters? Yeah, so um, it's 10 calls with my operations director this week that we're going to start talking about those. But essentially our vision is to give students a little bit of freedom, um, as in, you know, the topic is education equality. So we're going to lead campaigns like we did our first social awareness campaign around coronavirus um, and we're going to do one on standardized testing in the next couple of months when we do those our clubs will be supporting those so if it's talking about the real disparity that standardized testing brings like it would be like creating your own sort of awareness campaign at your school whether that's you're gonna put stuff on lockers or you're going to be uh, having a booth in your activities hall. We leave that up to the creativity of the student leaders, um, but essentially we want you to support the mission in general is all we're looking for. And then, um, you know, once coronavirus goes away, uh, we're hoping to create a classroom supply bank where essentially clubs can start collecting basic classroom supplies because when you go to different school districts, classroom supplies are rare. I mean, like sometimes students just don't have pencils and paper. So um, these students can start collecting those supplies and we'll create our own little distribution chain between chapters and uh, start getting supplies into students' hands. So really at the beginning, it's a lot of awareness, but a lot of uh, initiative on the students' part because, you know, we are the youth-led organization at the top, but each student um, at in their club is welcome. Like if they have ideas to contribute to the mission, we want to include that as well. So the clubs are really a space for young, passionate leaders to also have the support of equal as a whole on their shoulders, but also that um, they can, you know, try out new campaign ideas and spread awareness. So yeah. um, that's kind of our goals for now. And uh, I'm sure like after this week, I would have more ideas with you, but um, we're, we're, that's a little bit of the direction we're leaning in right now. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I personally just sitting here listening to you. I'm just so glad that 
you have a gap year. I feel like you have so many things to work right? on. It's so nice to have that, um, you know, and I just keep looking at you going, I cannot believe you just graduated high school. <laughs> he just graduated high school. He had these thoughts back in eighth grade. Okay. Which brings me to my question. You know, I don't care how old you are, but I love to ask this question. And I love, especially like for you to ask this question, but what might be one piece of advice that you can share with my listeners about how somebody can just make this world a better place? Always listen to the people that you're trying to help. Um, I think a lot of times in the nonprofit sector, we're, we're such uh, amazing people that we just, we want to do good. We want to do good. But sometimes we forget to turn around and talk to the people that we're trying to help. Um, you know, a lot of times in helping the homeless, we'd reflect on the fact that we made the mistake of assuming we knew what the population we're trying to serve needed. We said, well, if you're someone who's homeless, you need toilet paper, shampoo, you need meals. Like that's what's going to help you get through your day. But once we started talking to those individuals, we learned about the different challenges that these people are facing, specifically with students and young people that we met. There's just like, oh my gosh, there's so much more that we can be doing. So taking a step back and listen, listen, listen. And that's like, you know, I think that's even reflected in equal structure. Like we have our own programming advisory board and these are educators, they're experts around student poverty and homelessness, community connections managers. I mean, they evaluate our programming. No, this isn't going to work for students in this situation. You're forgetting to consider that these students don't have X, Y, Z. I mean, constantly, constantly evaluating and remembering who you're trying to serve. So always, always just take a step back and make sure that the people you're trying to support are their voices are at the table that you're not completely um you know the creativity part is once you get their opinions once you get their voices once you talk to the people closest to them then the creativity comes in have your facts all at the table and then you did like kind of what we did at equal where we had whiteboards everywhere we were just like different ideas what can we do what can we do this is that problem that's that problem but how can we make something that's real so um that's a little bit about how we thought about our programs but yes always always ask who you're trying to serve how you can help I love that. That is wonderful advice. And you are so incredibly amazing. You are more than a breath of fresh air. And it is so fun to learn about what you're doing. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for joining me on the show. Oh, I love being on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World, and thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This is Loudspeaker.